with sound. All right. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Watch With Sound. My name is Josh Landicho, and with me is... Carmela Ocampo. And on today's episode, surprisingly, our first horror movie of the year, we're going to be doing the new movie, Possessor, directed by Brandon Cronenberg, starring Andrea Riseborough, Christopher Abbott, Tuppence Middleton, Sean Bean, Rosa Sutherland, and Jennifer Jason Lee. This is kind of, it's kind of a weird situation. So it's kind of like a new movie, but not a new movie. It came out last year. And just with COVID and the pandemic and everything, it kind of like fumbled like the release date. Um, but just a warning right here off the top, uh, we're just going to go into it. So it's going to be spoiler filled. If you wanted to watch Possessor and come back, that's fine. But we're warning you now. We're going to be talking about it in full depth without any hesitation. So, Carmela, tell me about your expectations and your opinion on the movie Possessor. Okay, okay. So... I knew this movie would be a body horror because Brandon Cronenberg, if you didn't already recognize it, is the son of legendary body horror director David Cronenberg, which I unfortunately have not have the op- opportunity to like explore his filmography. I just know he's like maybe like one of the founding like people of like the actual body horror genre. Um and so I, I'm just, I just based it off of that. I knew, I think, I thought it would be like pretty violent and I would see some like creepy, gory stuff. I didn't know what the plot was or what the premise was um, going into it. But what about you, Josh? What did, were your expectations for this movie? My expectations for this movie, I really like had none because <laughs> all I knew <laughs> is that it looked cool. It was distributed by Neon. So I was like, yeah, I'm down. Um, and then I figured, I found out that the, the son is David Cronenberg, who does The Fly, Video Drone, something like that. Video, I forgot what it's called, something like that. And it's a lot of like, it's based on like people transforming and like their bodies turning into like some sort of monster. So my expectations of this movie was nothing really. It just looked really cool. Like even the trailer was really, really vague. Like it just showed like this distortion and someone like laying down. So I really didn't like have a like an actual idea of what it was. I just knew like I was down because it looked cool. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think just when I watched it, I kind of like it unraveled everything to me. And, and I think for me to start off, I'll just start off my opinion. I really, really love this film. Um, there's a, there was like a day or two after where I just was thinking about it and it's, that's very rare for both of us, especially me to, to linger on a movie like this and like just thinking about like how cool it was, the cinematography the ending and things that like resonated with me. Like I kept thinking about it and like, I don't want to say the P word, but it's definitely in my top movies of 2020 if I watched it before 2020. But like if I had to redo my list again, this is probably up there somewhere for sure. Cause just cause like it resonated me with that, like resonated with me so well. And like it, it like made me think so much about it. And like, I was just like, like every time I thought about it, I was like, damn, that's so cool. What a cool movie. Like I just kept thinking about it. But yeah, I really love this film and um, definitely at the top of 2020 if uh, I were to watch it before 2020. How about you? Yeah, I thought this story was really interesting, very thought provoking. Um, I thought like 
I, I just liked how original it felt too. And I kind of missed um, watching like a sci-fi horror. I think it had been a while since I'd actually seen one um, or at least a new story. And yeah, there's like a lot of ideas um, introduced that sort of like lingered with me too, even though I watched it. <laughs> I only watched it yesterday, but I think later on in the night, like before I was going to sleep, I was still like thinking about the movie and like obviously like, a lot of the scary images sort of like haunted me um but it was mainly like the like ideas presented in the movie that like haunted me the most just because i think it's because like they were about identity so i was like kind of swimming in that like very uncomfortable thing where you're questioning like like yourself and like other people and you're like wow what would that actually look like i don't know and we'll get into it more um, later on, but yeah, I I think if I had watched this last year, I think it would definitely be in the list somewhere as well. I feel the same way. Before we get into like the plot and everything, um, before he like watched the movie, you like asked me like, "How's the body horror? <laughs> like, how is like, <laughs> how is it like as regards to, like, like how scared you're gonna be, whatever." Um, I d- and I said it's mainly gory. How did you feel about it? How, like with the ranking and like the, the things I said, do you think it matched up pretty well? Yeah, like you were, you said it wasn't like scary, right? And like it definitely wasn't scary. Um, and it didn't make me gag either. You were like, <laughs> you're like the neon demon made me gag, want to gag more, which is like completely true because they were like, I think it's because they were eating like people, but <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I think the body horror in this movie was definitely like utilized well. I think that stood out to me a lot. I think it was like functional more than just decorative, if anything. But it was super cool too. Like the way they used it, it was like very creative. Um and it wasn't like gratuitous, I guess. Um which is like fine sometimes, but yeah, if you ever watch any other of Nicholas Winding Refn's, I don't know how to pronounce his name, his other movies, they're, like, super gratuitous with the gore, and, like, the blood is just, like, everywhere, and you're, like, why is this happening? Um, But, yeah, like, how did you feel about the body horror in this movie, personally? Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. I think you put it really well. It it wasn't necessarily gratuitous. It wasn't, like, as crude as the Neon Demon. Like, I feel like Neon Demon was, like, like, really, really no-holds-barred almost over the top where it like it had the guts in it and it showed him like eating the gu- like it was very like visceral but very very visually like gross like it made it like they made I feel like they made it grosser than it really actually is um but with this one it, it had some sort of function if if it is only just for like how it looked but it had a function with the story and how the character sort of processed the sort of violence and gore and blood and I think it was it was I was like at certain times kind of cringing to myself, but at the same time, I was like, whoa, that's cool. Uh. <laughs> like I was kind of like <laughs> enamored by the cinematography and how they portrayed the blood and the gore for it to function as a set piece and function as something that like would carry the story on. So like, even though I was kind of like grossed out, I was kind of like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I, get it. I get why it's like, like kind of like in this fashion and how it's shot and portrayed. But yeah, I, I didn't have that much of a problem. It, it's, it was just the reactions I usually get with these kind of horror films and horror films in general. So I was having a lot of fun with it. Um, and before we get into the meat and potatoes, everything, Carmela, do you want to give us a little plot summary of the film? 
So Tasia Voss is an assassin who possesses other people's bodies to carry out her hits through an implant installed in the host's brain. However, with each job, she slowly loses her identity, mixing her own memories with her past host bodies. She begins to lose control and soon finds herself trapped in the mind of a man whose identity threatens to destroy her own. Whoa! <laughs> destroying her own identity! <laughs> so I guess like off the bat, um, the story is incredibly, incredibly interesting. I think it's something that's so creative and something that like you would never think of that like it's this machine that possesses people to assassinate people in that way. Um, and it's kind of weird that they don't like like in an investigation they don't kind of like oh it could be this like people that like possess people, but that's just like a super deep like out of plot hole that I'm just thinking of like nitpicking, but. <laughs> it's really interesting it's very it's very unique in that aspect and like the first thing i thought of when i was watching this film was like inception but like a horror movie that you sort of like implement this person's body and give them the idea but also doing it the action of killing someone and sort of um having that like that control of their minds and, and what they do and then that triggers you know like whatever they had to do like it may take down like an organization it may take down a business or like credit business and that's sort of why they're hired and sort of why they do this kind of thing. It's not just like random people. It's people that are connected to these like powerful people and in exchange sort of like benefit their client or benefit themselves. And it's really cool to have that idea in mind, just like having an assassin that's in someone else's body and then using that to like their advantage as well. Um, what do you think? What do you think of like the sort of premise with this film? Yeah, I, I'm glad I didn't know anything about this movie going in because it made um, the reveal, like intro reveal, that much more like interesting. Um, and yeah, I think they took possession to a very interesting place. And like I said, I, I liked the sci-fi aspect of this movie. Um, and I also liked how vague the rules were and they didn't really like focus on the mechanics of how things worked. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, this is we do this to the body and then you basically don't have it explained to you you just watch it happen which i like they're not treating like the audience like we're dumb or something they're not like it's not a lot of exposition i guess which i really liked and they focused a lot on like the experience more which is like a big part of the movie because i think they visualize like the actual possession in a really cool way and i think those scenes were like I don't know, they were, like, almost inspiring just because of how, like, artsy it was. Um, inspiring? Like, <laughs> you want to possess someone, Carmela? You trying to say something here? Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, just the way they, I think, yeah, just the way they, like, visualize, like, you know, like, the distortions and the blurriness of, like, how would it look like if this lady was literally possessing this dude's brain? Like, how would that look like? Um, and I like what they did with that. Um as for like yeah the murder assassin premise i think they yeah it was just like a really cool take on like a combination i guess of these genres like it could have easily been like maybe an action movie but they took it to a horror sci-fi area so i'm like all right cool sick um and with the like inception comparison i also like thought about that Uh, i was like inception is like the really nice way to do this (laughs) 
and this possession <laughs> is like the most evil way to do this in my opinion because they like take over your body and then they kill you like afterwards they like kill everyone you love and then they kill you too um yeah honestly it's brutal like the way that like the process is you like first of all like even if like you somehow get out of it like kind of in Colin's position you're still <laughs> like out for murder you you literally (laughs) did this like action that like you had no control over and then on top of that like you eventually get killed off afterwards and it's like crazy that like there's no sort of like warning there's no sort of choice there's no sort of like thing to stop this essentially like colin just wakes up one day not him you know it's not like yeah something like in comparison to inception you you just wake up from a bad dream like you're like oh this is what i need to do i have an idea in my brain yeah exactly compared to like not waking up at all so like yeah that's a good point of like that this is like a a meaner inception i guess you can say (laughs) a meaner inception um yeah and i guess just about like the shadowy like organization of like the data company is like (laughs) it's like such a cliche like evil like entity to have um but i also like realize both sides like the protagonist was also like evil like i didn't know who to root for at some point in the end which we could also get into later um because it kind of flips on you like your uh like it flips like the side you want to be on you're like wait do i like colin is innocent you know like he's i mean he's like he does coke or whatever but he's just a normal dude wakes up starts like killing everyone on his own his like loved ones are killed um but yeah like i guess oh yeah i just wanted to mention um as i was watching this movie um another cool thing was just like how the cast was being revealed to me personally because it was like all of if you collected all of the minor characters from like all of these movies that were and then you put them in this movie that's like basically what it was because i just kept recognizing person after person i was like oh my god that's blah 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 from blah blah that's this person from this person not to mention Uh, it's like the side characters (laughs) to really good movies like like really good movies that we like and it was cool to see that sort of unravel and see them in this film you had like yeah the main character is mandy from mandy i was like she no wonder she looked familiar it's i was mandy. thinking the same thing and now that you like put this on our, our outline I, I finally realized like why she looks so familiar yeah i didn't realize it as i was watching but when i looked it up after i was like that's it and then tuppence middleton from sensei i don't think you watched it but it was like this netflix show that was by the wachowski sisters now um that was like too expensive to continue but it was really good um and then it comes at night this side character christopher abbott and then jennifer jason lee from annihilation she was like the doctor that like i forgot she like ended up killing herself somehow she had like cancer and then yeah, she's sean also bean like, she's also like <laughs> other different like shows and movies yeah yeah like because i recognize her from like not only annihilation but like from other i think she's in brooklyn 99 too oh is she really i think so (laughs) if i remember correctly and she's like in other she plays kind of the same character if not like a variation of like a mother (laughs) like a sort of like an elderly being in that that whatever production but yeah keep going she's very deadpan like i could see her in comedy like brooklyn 99 sounds like right for her like she's she can feel like really sad and dry <laughs> but yeah and then the last one was sean bean i was like oh my god that's sean bean 
from Lord of the Rings and freaking Game of Thrones, which you don't watch, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember him from Lord of the Rings. Do you like what does he do again? Oh, he's uh, oh. he was in the first one. He was um, what's it called? Boromir. He was the one who betrays Frodo. Sorry, I sound like a super nerd right now, but he betrays like <laughs> Frodo like- in the end. He tries to steal the ring, and then he ends up getting killed. And he's like, "I'm sorry, Frodo." And then he gets shot by arrows. It's a sad moment. I start crying, and then it's fine. It's fine. All right. He's in Lord <laughs> of the Rings. We get it. We get it. <laughs> um, uh, I just want to like, I don't know. I just want to comment on just the cinematography. I think I've like, I've mentioned this before, the cinematography, the way it's filmed, everything that was like portrayed was really, really fantastic. I don't, it's been a while since like I was so enamored by the cinematography and how something was shot in a movie. It's like, I don't even remember the last one. Maybe I'm thinking of any things was probably one, but like this one, like it all made sense. Like every time, like I saw a scene, I was like, yes, I get it. Like, yes. (laughs) Like I was so like enamored by it. And so like, yeah, I was so like, happy with it that like there, cause there are certain times where like the cinematography is really nice in certain movies. And for me, I like, like it looks nice, but it doesn't really correspond with the film sometimes for me. But this one, like it felt like it made sense each time it was this like wet, like it, in the, like the angles they use, it felt like it made sense every time. And it's so rare to have something like that happen. Just like, each scene, like I kind of understood why it was shot that way. Why else? It's like so. I don't know. It's a small thing, but like I was so so like amazed by it. I don't know. How did you feel about it? Not a small thing at all. Like I would to- definitely like s- agree with you. Like the the visuals of this movie was really like really pulled you into the story, and everything like worked in like the way that like followed like. Like, yeah, like, you put it plainly, like, everything made sense, um, why it was shot in certain ways. I also want to give a shout-out to the editing, because I think all of those, like, very jarring, like, distortion scenes could have easily been, like, confusing and crazy, but those scenes were, like, edited really well, um, and they really translated, like, the disassociation with, like, Voss's identity and all of that, and Colin's identity, um... So yeah, and then lastly, the set design was really cool too. It was like very like, it was almost like really sexy at times and like very, (laughs) there was like a sexual energy pervading throughout this entire movie. And I like, yeah, and I guess we could get into that when we discuss the themes, but like the actual like room where they like had the table where they lie down and like put on the thing for her to possess the host body it was like presented in like a very dim like red velvet like room with like leather white leather like furniture this like space age like leather furniture and it's like dimly lit it's like i don't know (laughs) it was really cool but i was like this is like evil but like kind of sexual like i don't know what's going on here um especially like during the sex scenes where she is like she as Colin is like having sex with his girlfriend and then it turns into this like weird threesome almost like because their like identities are like merging or whatever and I was like this is (laughs) interesting (laughs) Uh, but I didn't get the sexual part (laughs) I guess we'll get into that later Um, I think you need to get in touch (laughs) with with myself with yourself (laughs) and Um. 
But yeah, that's a really good point. The scent design was something that uh, I was totally going to disregard until you brought it up. I totally forgot about it. But it's really, really good. I think a lot of it, it made me feel like it was in a different world almost. Like a totally like different time period that we're in and, and the way that like certain little things were put into into it to sort of like have this normality to it like one thing that like kind of stood out to me and it was kind of funny was the vaping like all of them for some reason everyone was just vaping and like they had the same like device and everything and it was really off-putting at first but then you sort of realize that like it was sort of the norm at the time because you had everyone doing it you had like the main character you had Colin everyone just kind of like hitting the vape and like sort of like that creates that sort of atmosphere and set of like where they're at and like a lot of the times when it showed like the cars and it showed the, the houses it seems so different from now it seemed like we're like a we're like a, a year or two off but also it felt a little futuristic at the same time um and also another good good point you made was the editing because that's a really really good point a lot of these a lot of those scenes that you're talking about were a lot like my favorite parts of the film like just like the part of them like just sort of like having this moment of of you know battle between like each like soul and like each each person that had control of the body it was really cool to see that and it was cool to see how it was edited and like how it had this like glitchy but like atmospheric feel to it and it had like it was just really cool to see that and a lot of those those time those scenes were like my favorite like just like how colin's like regular body is like laying down it cuts really quick to red it shows uh voss's body cuts back like it was really cool to see that and and it was not confusing whatsoever. It really illustrated the the point and the idea between, you know, the battle between these two people for this body and for this for this identity, pretty much. And yeah, I just, yeah, it was really cool. And I wanted to to touch up on that because like those are two really good points that you brought up. Um, yeah, you just like described one of my favorite scenes in the movie, um, where it got really creepy. Where it like, it's just her body on the bed cuts to like this other the like inside world of like her brain and you see colin in the freaking doorway and he's just like walking towards her and you're like fuck he like just pops in and And then she's just like breathing um faster and faster her like you can hear her heart beating faster too and he gets closer and closer until he's finally like on top of her and just starts like choking her at first and then he like pushes her head in and then it like melts (laughs) and then he like takes it off and puts it on and i was like oh my god this is fucking creepy that part was was so so weird yeah so weird so (laughs) creepy but so cool i was like yes i always like i always like it when like this sort of weird like mask thing comes to like movies that have to do with like identity and it was fun seeing this like just like cracking her face and like <laughs> taking her face off and like oh okay <laughs> put it on i was like oh my god and then it went through her memories with her skin mask on and i was like that's fucking creepy but so cool <laughs> yeah they just like comments again like it was really creepy and weird but it made sense there's a purpose why he did yeah. that it sort of like puts him in her identity in her life and it was just like this creepy weird but like cool and also made sense with the movie is like oh my god it was so cool that scene was a huge like turning point in the movie i think because it was kind of like a a thing where you realize colin is able to like dominate her like her host body and take over her body inside of his body (laughs) so it was like whoa like so they i i like the way they played with the mechanics there without explaining anything it was like all visualized 
So I love that. <laughs> um, since we're talking so highly of it, are there any things that you had a problem with or wished was explored more? So it's like not a huge thing for me, just because everything else in the movie was like pretty great. But I definitely think like the character development on Voss's part could have been more like stronger or fleshed out. Um, and another thing, oh, actually, let me just expand on that. But yeah, yeah, I think if they showed Voss, like, I know they had the intro scene with her, like, doing the kill, you know, she was like, like, all quick and sharp. She was like, step, 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 like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I kind of wish we saw more of her, like, kills like that, that were, like, successful, like, her and her prime, just because they talked of her so highly they were like you're the top assassin you're up for like a promotion you're gonna take over this thing for me um and like the entire movie you we kind of like only see her in a state where she's like already falling apart so i kind of wish we saw a stronger contrast between the two but like i said it's not a big deal for me personally um it just like could have been stronger but like it's fine like honestly how do you feel about that? Um, I think you have a good point, but I think with character development, especially with someone like Voss, who's this assassin, possessor person, there's a really, really interesting theory that we will I'll talk about later just to sort of fortify why Voss is so vague in her character and like the fact that we don't see her past or anything like just like her resume essentially. But I think uh you said it was a small thing, but at the same time, like the character development is really good. Like if you deep dive into Colin and, and Voss's characters, they're pretty much one of the same. And that's really cool to like think about and see is that like Colin and, and Voss are essentially these two people that want control over someone's life, even though they essentially live the same life. Like if you look at that, if you look at like their identities and what they're putting up, that's something that like is a huge, huge theme in the film. And also, along with the character development it explains a lot with the film like just for instance like Colin is someone that used to be a drug dealer used to you know have be rough on times and stuff like that and then his girlfriend gets him a job at this company and you sort of realize that like he hates his job he's sort of like standoffish to his girlfriend he like is very very hidden to these things and doesn't really express himself or really show that part of his identity and it's it's really like bad for him because he's someone that resents the father he's someone that resents his job maybe even his girlfriend at sometimes or I, I don't know if it's his wife but um and they're not showing he's not showing essentially his true identity or his true self his true feelings and when you look at someone like Voss it's the same exact thing it's someone that like is very very standoffish doesn't express herself in a certain way and it could be because she's an assassin but at the same time you sort of see that in like with um Gerd, uh, Gertie and like how she interviews her and like oh is everything okay and obviously no, it's not okay and she has this like weird moment with her where she touches her, her wrist and like it's obvious that like Voss almost has a problem with her job and what she's doing she goes home to her family and you sort of see this weird dynamic between her and the husband which she like totally forgets and like forgets that they're not together anymore <laughs> And she just has a, a, like, they both are putting off this, like, fake identity, which is so interesting to think about because it's, like, exactly what the movie is about is, like, portraying this fake identity to someone and 
trying to pull it off and pull off them living their own, you know, two-faced identity of being someone that's that's really, really resentful towards their life, but doesn't really show it. And it was cool to see that that duality between those two characters, and especially with like with them kind of battling for their identity and who's going to live, who's going to survive. It was cool to see that sort of play out. That's a really cool point that, yeah, I didn't even like make that comparison with like Colin and Voss's like similar, like resentment towards like their own life, current life and like their quote unquote fake identity. Um, yeah, like that's really eye opening Cause I, I didn't really like, dig too deep into like Colin's character just because the the time we spend with Colin it's like not him do you know what I mean and like the only times that we do spend with like the real him is in that moment where she's like watching him and his girlfriend and then towards the end where he like finally gains control of his body he which he's like also not totally himself either um but yeah, I I definitely have much more appreciation towards the character development. So good job for you changing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't like a huge thing, but I definitely like have like much deeper like appreciation for it. Um, yeah. I mean, again, too, like if you think about like how the movie sort of like ties back everything in with like Voss's and Khan's lives, like if you think about their interactions with their loved ones, it's, they're always like, is something wrong? Like, you don't seem like yourself. Like, it's sort of like these these discussions that like, they obviously know something's wrong, but they won't express that. And it's it's fun to think about that in this sense, because it's like, you're not you're not being yourself. <laughs> it's like, oh, because I'm not, I'm possessed. Like, it's <laughs> kind of funny. To, right <laughs> I'm not myself. <laughs> but yeah, go on. Um, I think, just the last thing, I think the the what's it called the entire premise of like the whole like identity thing and the possession thing was like outlined really well but i think it could have like been explored like in a like much deeper way um but i also get why it wasn't just because there was like a plot to like follow and like like a plot to like flesh out as well but i think mainly in terms of like i guess sexual identity which we can get into now (laughs) like I think I don't know why those particular scenes like stood out to me I think it was because that like scene where she is like in Colin's body and she's like having sex with like his girlfriend it would it like cut back to her own like regular body and like it showed her like like the way she's experiencing it too um and like in the beginning when she's like having sex with her own like husband boyfriend whatever it was it was like weirdly those two scenes were like weirdly like emphasized and like had a constant like flashback and every time like she was having like or when she had intercourse with her husband she like kept remembering like the violent like tendency she has she like kept remembering like she saw like the hole in the neck like the stab wound in the neck she made like literally like hours before um and i feel like when she was having sex in like colin's body she had like no sort of disassociation it was like a very like erotic and smooth like experience for her so i'm wondering like if like she felt like most herself in someone else's body for some reason 
rather than her own like body having sex with her own husband she was like tripping out that's true that's a good point because i i don't know when i saw like when i saw that with her the intercourse with her husband i was kind of like wait does she like killing people and that's what she gets off on like <laughs> i was confused as regards to like if that was sort of her her like kink kind of a thing and then when she had sex with with colin's girlfriend it sort of had this like i don't, I don't want to say like empathetic but it, it had this um feeling of like her feeling that as well to like the deepest point possible i think that's why like it was so emphasized that you you sort of realize that she feels what he feels and that in his body he's she's like this new person and i don't know if like if she's enjoying it because it's an escape from like her regular life or like you said it's something about her sexual identity and something that she feels better in someone else's body i don't know if it's just like part of the job that she does that or like if it's something that's actually within herself that she's having trouble with again they're they're two people that have problems with their identity and it's kind of hard to figure that out and we could obviously just guess on that point <laughs> but yeah it's a really good point yeah like it just yeah it's an interesting like thing that was like outlined but i totally get why it wasn't like explored deeper um i think in the some of the like audience reviews that i saw they mentioned that it was like too abstract or too artsy and i'm like i feel like that's it's like a very it's the same things that i see from a lot of these types of movies that people have an issue with when things aren't like clearly defined for them um i also saw people say things about the ending and how they didn't understand it um and i feel like the ending was pretty clear i don't know but I I guess I could see why it might not be super satisfying for some people, but I don't know. Yeah. I personally, I don't know. I personally like the ending. How did you feel yeah, about it? I think, yeah, you're correct with it being calling abstract and sort of like too artsy. It's because like, again, with these sort of films that I don't even think this one is as bad either. Like if you think it's about not. like <laughs> like Mandy or Color to Space, those things are like totally out there and like those are like definitely like the abstract artsy things that you guys should be confused about this one i kind of like understood there there is some parts with elbow grease that i gotta like actually think about but i think that's the fun of this film and that's the fun of why like i start thinking about it like two days later is because like it's the thinking aspect of it and the part that like resonates with me and sort of like oh even if it is too vague it sort of creates this this discussion of like what did you think of the ending did it end like that do you think this do you think that and i think that's more effective as regards to regular movies because it sort of makes the audience think more about it and i know like that's again an audience thing like i know that me and you really enjoy it but of course other people may not really enjoy it and sort of get detached from this sort of movies but in my opinion it's something that i love i love with these sort of films is that like the vagueness of it and for this one too it's not even that vague but like the artsy abstractness of it is something that makes you think and makes you like really question certain aspects of the film um speaking of questions um whenever voss was like in a different body she always said pull me out and then tries to kill herself but for the both times we've seen her try to do that she isn't successful at that and i was i want to ask you if she personally couldn't do it or if you think it's a little piece of the mind of the host body sort of like tapping into their final feeling of 
um, survival. Like it taps in as like that's about to happen. Do you think that's sort of an aspect of this film that like stops her from killing herself, or do you think it's Voss that sort of has that problem with it? That is an interesting question. I feel like I think throughout the movie, I thought about like why she couldn't kill herself. I always I thought it was like an ego thing. Like she like just couldn't bring herself to kill herself not as herself for some reason like she just would rather destroy other people but not destroy like herself for some reason i think i need to think about it more but i don't think it's it's the what's it called host body tapping in just because it was like emphasized every time it was like herself she's like shit i I can't do it like it was never like uh someone else is stopping her kind of thing it 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 always felt like it was like herself that was like she like literally could just not do it for some reason what do you what did you think i think like it's it could be either or really because i know whenever she tried doing it it seemed like herself had the problem with it and it it, like you said it could have been this like ego thing of like she sort of has this like person that she's been studying and sort of um trying to master and it almost seems like she doesn't want to destroy her own masterpiece essentially it it feels like that as well and and her reactions also illustrate that point of like oh damn it i can't do it or like whatever but then it's also a different point to like have taken over this host body and it sort of has that like that last feeling that no one could really control that like flight or fight like instance of it like the fact that like it, it becomes this idea of like oh i need to survive that's like any host body anybody is first reaction to something like that that's about to like get killed is that they tap into this like survival instinct that is natural with everyone and i think it's cool to sort of entertain those two things and sort of like try to figure out whether or not if she had the problem with it or if the host body was actually sort of tapping at some point um but I guess with that, I guess you kind of talked about it, but I think I want to talk about more in depth of the ending. How did you feel about it? How did you, how did you walk away from it? I know like when you first watched it, you texted me like sad, like it's so sad, <laughs> but like more in depth, what did you think about the ending? Um, I was sad. It was sad. Um, I, I like the way it ended with like, you know, her looking at like her objects again to like going through that procedure that was like introduced in the beginning to like make sure they remember who they are and blah 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 um and i like how like she looked at the butterfly and she didn't express like the guilt or remorse that she had originally felt in the beginning which kind of shows she like basically lost all humanity and she's perfect for the job now um but yeah i think the ending left me feeling like the way it was supposed to make me feel which was like as empty as Voss was basically at the end like I personally felt like like a shell like of a person it felt very hollow you know um and that's why I felt sad (laughs) because because she like um she like just shot like she chops up like her husband and shoots her son with like no hesitation um and it it turns out this was like the th- she had like already been thinking about doing this like the whole time and she's like they're the only ones holding you back <laughs> and she's like okay i'm gonna do it and she just went ham um and yeah how did you feel about the ending <laughs> how did you make you feel i guess 
the yeah the ending was pretty sad but at the same time i was kind of like what like i kind of didn't get it i was kind of had to like marinate in it and um it was really i thought it was really really good and i think like just sort of touching up on it and like sort of like researching and like seeing what others had to say and i i also want to watch it again just because like of what i've heard but um the part where like she gets the butterfly and she's like oh i killed it and mounted it and then has no guilt whatsoever it's sort of like makes you think of the whole premise of Colin and and the plan that it seemed like Gertie executed. It seemed like this was all part of Gertie's plan for her to be this successful assassin and be this heartless assassin. So like like you said, like she becomes almost like no guilt, no nothing kind of a person. But beforehand, like the the butterfly was like, oh, I feel guilty about this to this day. And if you think about the Colin theory and like how it played out it seemed like something that was all part of Gertie's plan because once she says like I killed it and mounted it and that's it you see it pans to Gertie and she's just smiling like she's she's like ecstatic (laughs) like yes like and just like thinking about the steps and everything that went through this like you sort of realize that like most likely Gertie planned all this just to make her this top assassin like the fact that like she picked Colin who is this, this strong being that like fought back for her for his life the fact that like he had they had that like fall guy of like oh i'm here to help you out but that fall guy didn't know that he was also going to be sacrificed for for vaz and then you sort of think about how like at the end where it's this big bloodbath and how it sort of unravels the true identity and her true feelings of her family you sort of understand that like without with now that she's she doesn't have a family or anything like she doesn't have to go back to that house. She doesn't have to go back to anyone that she loves. It's just her now, and it's her and her job that she could focus on. And then you sort of realize that, like, you sort of, like, see that unravel when you figure out that, like, that that Gertie was inside the kid's body. And you could only kind of do that if you implement the sort of, like, the aspects of, like, plugging them in, having that connection, and then going into their body. So Gertie is purposely, like, planning the kid like you can't just she can't just do that on a whim it has to be something that like is planted before so you sort of understand that like Gertie was planning this all along and the fact that she was inside her son's like body to sort of get this reaction and altogether not only get the reaction but also kill the family that's holding her back you sort of like I sort like I was just like whoa that you figure out like it was all part of Gertie's plan and like the fact that like she wanted to make her this top-notch assassin and it worked essentially because she doesn't feel any remorse. She doesn't feel any guilt. She's the like sort of brainless assassin that she wanted her to be. And it's also cool to like see that and also figure out that like she kind of felt that way too. Voss felt like she wanted to abandon her family, but she couldn't. And essentially Gertie gave her that will and that like that purpose to actually kill them, essentially. <laughs> and it's sort of crazy to think about like the plan all along with Gertie and how it became this, this sort of like crazy plan to become this top-notch assassin. I totally believe that theory that boss like planned this whole thing, and it makes me wonder if, um, her son was a plant the whole time. Do you know what I mean? Like she, like was. Gertie using her son to spy on Voss and see how her family life was? Probably. How else would she know that she was, like, kind of going through this weird thing, you know? I feel like 
I kind of want to watch it again just to see the beginning scene with her family. Just to see that, like, I know the son, like, plays with this creepy-ass puppet in the beginning. So, I don't know if that was a hint to see, like, yo, that's fucking boss right there. Like, she's like, how'd you get so smart? And he's just like, ah, like, this creepy fucking puppet. Um, I don't yo, know. That's yo, crazy. Now that you said that, like, I'm kind of like, it's, like, ticking in my head. I definitely <laughs> like, do want to watch it again. But, like, damn, I thought I had it all figured out. But, like... <laughs> That's so true, cause oh my goodness, like could Voss's son not be Voss's son? Could yeah, that have been Gertie the whole time. It could have been. He could have been a plant the whole time, cause we're introduced to plants apparently later on with Eddie. So that's a thing. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. Okay, and then speaking on like fake people. There's another like crazy theory that Voss is also fake. Like it's not actually Voss. It's someone else controlling her. And I think like like it's like just layers like inception. It's I know. Like, like who possession, is it? possession, possession. But like if you think about like the beginning before she goes to her family, she's doing what she does with her subjects. She mm-hmm. like with Colin, she's like spying on him, studying his mannerisms, studying his speech. And then when you get to Voss and her actual real life, she's doing the same exact thing. Like, I didn't notice this, and Sophia pointed out. It's She's, like, rehearsing, and she's also rehearsing a British accent. If you realize, she's kind of, like, talking differently, trying to rehearse what she's going to say to her family. Oh. And I didn't, I didn't notice, notice that. that. Like, <laughs> I didn't notice that she was, like, doing a British accent, like, for her family. I didn't like, either. <laughs> like, yeah. what are you doing that for? And it, it creates the idea of... Of course, her being fake and the way that like Colin mirrors those actions at the end of the film, him like standing there hitting the vape and then doing those sort of like actions that like mirror Voss. It's almost like a mirror mirror. Is there (laughs) another mirror behind that mirror? We don't know. It's sort of like this like, I don't know. It's crazy. It's like muscle memory of a thing to like have within someone. But then the fact that it's mirroring between within Colin and her, it's sort of kind of makes you question whether or not if she's real or not it's i don't know <laughs> I, I don't know that it's is definitely like do you think it's a possibility do you think it's something that could happen i think it's totally possible i mean yeah i think when she was rehearsing like you know what she'd say to her family i always thought or i thought it was because she had to like remind herself how she herself talks like in real life and like not as another like host body but it is possible that that is not Voss so the question is who is controlling Voss like who is it Gertie who's actually someone <laughs> who is possessed who is not is everyone possessed like I don't know <laughs> this, uh, this honestly goes back to your like ab- like your point of abstract and something that's not to the point. It's it's something that we're doing right now is discussing whether or not <laughs> if everyone's fake or real. It's a fun discussion and something to think about. And I think that's mm-hmm. why, like, especially with these kind of movies, it's really fun. Like, it's it's for us at least. I know certain people won't like it, but it's just fun to think about like the the possibilities <laughs> that could that could happen. Exactly. Okay. So assuming okay. So assuming Voss is like Voss, like she is herself the entire movie beyond like when she's like controlled by Colin. Do you think that she is already like kind of a sick, sadistic, murderous person, 
or do you think because of her job she like kind of became that way that's a good question and this is where your your <laughs> your problem of her character development does come in like i i truly <laughs> don't know whether or not if she be like she had this inclination or if she like just sort of learned that through her job like it's just beyond me because there's certain things that she does that shows empathy i think so like the fact that like it, it may not be her that could kill themselves there's like certain aspects of like how she played with colin and sort of controlled colin um it's just really hard to think like and especially like when it comes to her memory and and when she talks about like certain things in her life it seems like almost maybe those things start to disappear within her memory just because she's trying to take control of these bodies that she loses a little bit of herself every time like the pipe it's her dad's the butterfly she killed and then she had that silver thing in the beginning and she's like oh i don't know what this is and i don't know if that like was a test to see if like she knew it wasn't hers or if it's a test to like see if she's sort of losing herself in that aspect and losing certain parts of her life um but i think i think um a lot of it is kind of all mixed together those possibilities of her being of having that gift or if it's the job because you have someone like gertie who's like pulling the strings literally may be her son like Gertie might be her son it's someone that's like growing this person into something she wants so it's almost like that could be a possibility from something that she starts off with that she like already has this murderous intention but then it gets strengthened and and nurtured with Gertie almost um again we don't know enough of her past to know if she's like actually someone that like is a psychopath killer but in the movie it just seemed like it could be it could be both ways i don't know it's something that could happen either way what do you think i think i definitely was on the side of like she was she already had like some sort of inclination to be like this very sadistic person just because of the way like it highlighted how much she enjoyed the killing and how much she like thought about it and also how brutal it was because as we've learned from serial killer podcasts and shows and movies you know a pat like those types of like like stabbings or like those very up close like visceral killings are like done out of passion or done out of like sadistic enjoyment so i think the beginning like illustrated it for me i was like yo she fucking likes this especially when she kind of runs her hand through on the pool of blood i was gonna say that she stares at it and she's like she just like stares at it and it just um seemed like she you know really liked it and the way she killed like sean bean and the girlfriend too was just so like violent and like physical and like up close and gruesome and it like yeah she looked like she was having a lot of fun doing it she's like just fucking like shoving this rod in his mouth he surprisingly survived i don't know how that happened but and then yeah that's crazy especially with the girlfriend she like shoots her and then like takes her time walking towards her body and then like strokes her hair like so lovingly and then fucking shoots her in the head like and like watches her suffer for a bit so for this answer, yeah, I'm definitely on the side of, like, I think, you said it too, I think she probably, like, had the inclination, but was only, like, nurtured and strengthened through this job. That's a good point, that, like, most <laughs> serial killers and psychopaths 
sort of have a, a childhood and a past of like violence and killing. There are some people though that that are serial killers that sort of miss miss that childhood, that sort of miss that like psychopathy. So that could be uh, something in her case as well. She obviously remembers like certain parts of her past with her dad and, and killing a butterfly, but feeling guilty. Um, but again, he did make a good point of like how she like was touching the blood and like, like ooh blood like you seen like she was like she's she like, wanted to bathe in it essentially and the fact yeah. that like she had this like acting routine for like Colin and how he killed like the dad and the girlfriend it sort of seemed like something she took pleasure in almost but that also could be just like her loving her job maybe I don't know it's something that like could go <laughs> either way you know killing so, people you love she's her. acting You're... she's an actress <laughs> maybe that's where she gets she's it she's an actress <laughs> um but with that um if there were to be a sequel of this film one would you want it and two how would you feel of it sort of jumping genres like what if it's possessor the sequel directed by christopher nolan what would you think i would be fine with that because it's christopher nolan i know it'll be interesting if you said michael bay i'd be like fuck no (laughs) like Michael like, no. Bay. <laughs> it wouldn't even be interesting anymore. At least it's just, with Nolan. It's just Transformers. It's just Transformers, but it's Shia LaBeouf can like, control the robot now. It's just dick jokes and boobs, like, and explosions. Like, no. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I couldn't. I don't think I could picture a sequel, though, to be completely honest. I don't even. I don't know if I'd want one. I think the movie is pretty interesting as it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on who picks it up. Um, if it's the same, what's it called, director, and same, like, what's it called, screenwriter, I would be interested to see the direction they take it in, I guess. Um, but as of now, I think, I think it's pretty good as it is, a standalone, you know? What up? What about you? I guess a sequel's a bad word, but I think, like, this idea, if it were to be coming across, like, someone other director, how would you feel about it, I guess? Oh, like this premise. Um, I mean, I guess with Nolan, he like mildly already did it, but in a different, in like the dream way. But I think it'd still be interesting. Um, nonetheless, like I, I'd like to see like a different take on it. I'm not opposed to that. You know, what do you think? What about yeah. you? I think I feel the same way. Um, it'd be weird to have a sequel just because <laughs> these kind of movies don't really have it, but it'd be cool to have a prequel about like Voss and how this sort of thing starts up because I was very interested on in, like the the mechanics of like this possessing job and like how, yeah. the, how it actually worked and how she got it and stuff like that um but I know like these sort of like neon distributed films don't really have that kind of like sequel or prequel kind of thing um but if it was sort of like a genre bending um idea that's passed down to someone i think that'd be very interesting of course depending who it is it'd be cool (laughs) to see how they play with it and sort of how they make it make of it um but yeah it'd be fun to see something like almost actiony maybe like but also like having that like internal struggle between these two people i don't know it it sounds like a really interesting idea and it's honestly like it's pretty unique for what it is now And, and and possessor itself is a unique movie that's something that like I would never thought would be a movie about or be a horror movie about. Um, and I guess my last question is, if you could possess someone, <laughs> good or evil, who would it be? Or would you even want to possess anyone? I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a big question. Uh, I mean, the only, I think, 
yeah, of course, the reason why I would possess someone would be probably just to experience another perspective and, like, life, you know? Um, but for evil, I don't, I don't think I, I mean, <laughs> I don't automatically, my mind doesn't automatically go to evil intentions, you know? Like, oh, I'd possess this guy to kill this guy, you know? Um, it would be probably just you know, for, not for good reasons, but for a neutral reason, which is just to, like, see what it was like, what it would be like kind of thing. I really don't know who it would be. That's, I'd have to think about that for a longer time. But my reasons would be not evil. I can say that. Uh, good to hear. It's good to hear. <laughs> I'm safe in my own body, then it sounds like. Um, I don't know. If I could possess anyone, I honestly don't, obviously don't have any, like, anyone in mind but like for me i'm thinking of like like someone super rich and they just give me a bunch of money and then i come yeah. back to my old body like yay i'm rich now kind of like <laughs> that's the only reason why i would want to possess someone yeah but you did make a good point of like if like just to possess someone to see their perspective and see how they think um like if i just like like was in the body of justin bieber and see how he lives that's really cool to see like i don't want to like do anything i just want to like see what he does yeah how it feels to be famous in that sense and like what he does day by day if he really is like this illuminati plant or whatever like to see if like the certain secrets of hollywood are real like it'd be cool to see that i don't think i'd ever want to like make someone do something they didn't want to do that like altered their life altogether like something like killing someone than killing themselves that's like so extreme and i don't think we're either of us or anyone around us is evil enough to like say like yeah i want to be this person kill their family <laughs> like it, i don't think anyone in in our circle i hope doesn't have those sort of I intentions yet. <laughs> looking at you carol <laughs> but yeah just like possessing aspect of it if it were to be something that's like negative to their ideas it'd be someone who's rich just to give me money just so i could benefit in that sense and even if like i did that i don't think their life would be different whatsoever i think it'd just be mean sort of like how did i get my money um, <laughs> so if anything i'm bidding myself a bigger hole but just in this this conversation it'd be cool to see that happen um and also just to see a different perspective that's a really good point of seeing something like to see how they live and how they feel and stuff like that. Um, so you wait, you wouldn't kill someone if they paid you a bunch of money. <laughs> wait, what? If I was possessed or if I was if myself? You wouldn't. So if a, if a company was like, Hey, possess this body and we'll give you like a ton of money. You, you wouldn't do it. And they told you to kill someone oh, no, in that body. I, I don't think I could. I really don't think I could. That's like, but it wouldn't be you. It would be someone else still like i think that's like too that's too many layers of empathy that i don't even pass in myself like i don't even like like i don't even like like littering like what do you think i'm gonna like be okay with like possessing someone's life killing someone pinning that murder on them and i'm scot-free like that's so like in a moral morally i could not do i could barely even possess someone how would i even be able to like like i'm not not that sadistic i guess how about you how about you carmella Okay, what if it was a horrible person that you were possessing that you almost would not feel bad about, like, you know, pinning a murder on? I'm still horrible gonna say, person. I'm the, still the most say, horrible person you can think of. I'm still gonna say no. <laughs> uh, I think like you get. I don't know. The only time I think I would even consider it is if it's like 
a body of a serial killer that's already been killing people. So I guess it doesn't really make a difference. But even then, I'm still at a moral like quandary in that point. Like, so it would be like <laughs> yeah. I still have a problem with killing someone. It's not the fact that I'm possessing this person. It's now that I'm have to like kill someone. But what about you? In these <laughs> scenarios, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, I am also, I, yeah, I'm just, like, pushing you, <laughs> but I am also suffering, like, the same, like, moral, like, standoff. I'm like, yeah, it's in another horrible person's body, but it's me inside of it, you know? Like, I have to live with that, like, afterwards, you know? Um, yeah, exactly like Voss. Voss, like, still couldn't <laughs> stop. I don't know if it's, she liked it, but she couldn't think of, like, certain aspects of the murder she did. She has to, like, regain her memory from, like... <laughs> things she had she had to like act out again it's it's a whole process it's a whole process it's mess it's too messy it's too many layers i can't do it (laughs) and with that conversation of us possessing people uh we tie this episode on the fantastic movie possessor it's a really really great film i am excited to see more from david cronenberg's son brandon cronenberg and see what he is going to do with it um truly truly an interesting movie about identity how people perceive it and sort of how possessing someone and sort of doing that as a job in this aspect it's just really really unique this whole premise this whole movie is very unique and i don't know everything about it i just love i don't want to use the p word just because i'm not that person but it's definitely a movie that is in my top movies um of 2020 i don't know about all time but it's definitely something that i've been thinking about a lot and honestly been very very excited to record this episode and talk about it with you um as you can tell with this hour-long episode which is pretty rare um but this has been our episode on the movie possessor my name is josh sandicho and you can follow me on instagram at the space wolf and i'm carmel and you can follow me at cat and you can follow Watch With Sound on Instagram at Watch With Sound, along with listening to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, and Anchor. And if any of those apps have an option to review, like, subscribe, comment, any of those things would help us out a lot. Um, we actually have this program on Anchor called Listener Supporters, which lets you subscribe at any amount monthly. Obviously, it's optional. If you're willing and able to, that'd be really, really great for us. Um, but with that, Thank you all for listening, everybody, and keep on watching. (laughs) And see if your loved ones are possessed. Don't trust anyone. (laughs)